And now we're kind of shifting our focus to what does the future hold? If this is 12 months, 18 months, what's the new normal? You know, we write our orders about a year out. So how do we adjust our open to buy? How do we know how much product we need for next year? And where do we start cutting? Because it's not going to be normal. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. This is Wintry Mix COVID Quick Pod number six. I'm Alex Kaufman. These started on Friday before the dominoes were falling, and there's been a new episode every night since. This is the final in that run. The longer term questions are starting to come into focus, and we have voices from Salt Lake City, Breckenridge, and Atlantic Canada for you as we begin to delve in. You've seen the pandemic rip through our tourism communities and you're tuning in here for context. That's what I've done with this temporary change to the Wintry Mix podcast feed. Going forward, I'll return to my regular pace, but we'll keep the focus on our new reality. Reach me at Wintry Mixcast on Instagram and Twitter or alex at wintrymixcast.com. Also, the pod voicemail remains open at 802-560-5003. Thanks to my valued sponsors, Bojo's Pizza and 10 Barrel Brewing. They support the pod, a.k.a. me and my family. So remember that when you're thinking pizza and beer. This evening, we have Doug and Cindy from Mountain Outfitters in Breck, whom you heard on QuickPod 4, Dave Amaralt, whom you heard on QuickPod 3, and Clinton Devo, who makes his inaugural appearance from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Recorded Wednesday, March 18th at about 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay. I've predicted that this is the last quick pod of the daily run that was begun. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do after this, but I'm pretty sure I am not going to continue to do these daily. I'm also not going to go back to regular episodes because life is not regular. Things are very irregular and they will be that way for a while. So I don't know what's next for Wintry Mix, but do know that today, uh, so far, we have Doug and Cindy from, I think, quick pod number four. We got Dave Amarelt, who was on QuickPod number three, and we've got Clinton Devo, who was not yet on a QuickPod, but is from Atlantic Canada. We're going to start with Doug and Cindy uh, because they've kind of had 48 hours to assess uh, the situation in Breckenridge, Colorado, and their shop, Mountain Outfitters. And are you feeling the same as you did two days ago? Different? What's up? Well, no. Um, I'm slightly more drunk. And I have, um, and slightly less, uh, a lot less sleep. But anyway, we're just trying to, you know, the last time we talked, we were really focused on short term in terms of, uh, in terms of cash and how we were going to get through, you know, the next three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, um, and through mud season after that. So that was really, that was really our focus then. And now it was, it then shifted to, okay, how do we, we have a backcountry shop, we have a lot of backcountry gear, there's high demand. How do we sell it without having contact with any humans? Um, so now we've gotten through about three days of that, and we're getting ready to kind of wind that down. And now we're kind of shifting our focus to what does the future hold? If this is 12 months, 18 months, what's the new normal? You know, we write our orders about a year out. So 
how do we adjust our open to buy? How do we know how much product we need for next year? And where do we start cutting? Because it's not going to be normal. And I guess you just pray that in 30 days you have a better picture uh, that, you know, you're just waiting for additional data to come in. Exactly. And I don't think, unfortunately, it's just one of those known unknowns that I don't think anybody really has an answer for right now. Right. And like I said, it's been kind of a short term focus now, like, okay, our shop's closed, so we can't accept product for, uh, you know, for summer. So we've been focused on cutting spring orders, pushing back, that type of thing. Doug and Cindy, how was your your trip to the supermarket? I said you didn't have much food before. Have you tried to go shopping? Yeah, after we got off that last pod, we went to the went to the store and we have got a hodgepodge of everything, but no toilet paper. Oh, man. OK, uh, let's jump to the other side of the planet here. We've got Clinton Devo, who is from Atlantic Canada. Clinton, I don't really know your story too much. You just hopped on. So tell us a little about yourself. I've been a ski junkie since I was five years old, and that was many decades ago. Uh, I'm based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and uh, I like to tell everybody that, uh, look, I feel the spirit of the mountain like all skiers and snowboarders do. Uh, what we've discovered here is that our final ski day was yesterday afternoon at 6 p.m. It just came grinding to a halt, and uh, our local hill is called Ski Wentworth. It's a great spot. It's got lots of glade skiing. And uh, it was a sad day, actually, because there was plenty of snow left on the mountains. There was lots of snow in the woods. And uh, look, I think there's going to be a lot of pain in this industry for the next 12 months because we forget in North America that the ski industry in Australia and New Zealand is just kicking into high gear right now because they're entering their winter and their season is over before it began. And as you've alluded to on some previous podcasts, the month of March is a really important month in North America for ski resorts in Canada and the United States. And, um, and that, that month to, to make the money has just disappeared because of this coronavirus. So it's devastating for the industry for certain. So you're in the Maritimes as they're, as they're called, everything rolling out there the same, the dominoes falling in the same fashion there as they are in the States or anything different? The exact same fashion as the United States. I mean, I listened, I, I remember last week before everything started to happen, you gave a, a cryptic tweet where you said, you know, the end of, uh, of lifts is coming up very quickly. And, uh, and you were right. It was like bowling pins. It was just one after another in the four Atlantic provinces. They just announced their closures. And, you know, it was sad to see because in eastern, like in central Canada, like Quebec, for example, was the same way. The last hill that I'm aware of that was open yesterday was Mont St. Marie, which is outside of Ottawa, our, uh, our capital city. And they closed last night as well at like four or five o'clock. And because we're kind of all dealing with this same exact problem, can people be tested for the coronavirus in your region? Yes. So luckily, uh, the testing is in place. Unfortunately, here in Nova Scotia, there was five new cases uh, that were discovered today. And so that puts our numbers up around 12, which doesn't sound like a lot by American standards. But Nova Scotia has a population of less than a million people. So it's rather high considering that the testing has just begun in the last uh, five to 10 days. Um, so it, it's not going well in Canada. It's a real problem. And I tell you, one of my other big concerns 
is what happens six months from now if uh, if we're still ordered not to be out in large groups? What happens to future ski shows? You're really familiar with the shows in Boston and in Ottawa and other shows in New England. Um, they may not have a chance to, to happen because of this. I mean, good point about the ski shows. And it really makes me think for a second about, you know, next year's season passes. We're starting to read that this could be three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. We don't know. And, you know, how do you sell season passes in that world? Um, the icon and epic reign of control may have just been beat back. And we may be looking at next year they open and they're selling day tickets because people haven't bought season passes because they don't know if there's going to be a season. Maybe you try to sell them, but you sell them with a, you know, asterisk pending resolution of group travel. I mean, that's what's coming next uh, in the decision maker scope of things. That gives us a good opportunity to jump to Dave. Dave, solve all these problems for us. <laughs> First of all, no let, let's not feel so bad about ski shows. That sounds like a terrible thing to say, but they've uh, they've been slowly uh, dying over the last decade. Uh, the Boston Ski Show is still a massive event. Uh, if you guys paid attention to what happened in the market a few months ago, the show was actually purchased. Um, but yeah, those those have been contracting for quite some time. Um, Fix the ski industry, huh? So No, no, no. Just tell me how Epic and Icon Passes are going to be sold in an environment where this is going on for many future months. Well, I can't tell you because I don't know how, right? So that's that's up to... I, I'm <laughs> intentionally asking you an impossible question just to see it, how you react. It is, but you know, it, in the short term, what you're going to see, your deadlines are going to change. Um, you're going to see... Uh, yeah, so let, let, let's think it through for a second. Deadlines were coming up. You had a value proposition being erased, which was ski-free for the rest of this season. So that's that's a moot point. Lock yourself in at the lowest price. Those dates are all going to shift now that consumer confidence is in the toilet. Um, your value proposition for the passes might change a little bit with some summer opportunities if we get to that point where that becomes a thing we can do if this doesn't turn out to be a multi-month slash year-long thing that we have to deal with. Um, product suites are going to have to get readjusted because when discretionary income goes down, no one's going to be spending a thousand bucks on a season pass. Uh, Vale's actually ahead of that right now by having Epic Day. However, that does make you pre-commit to X amount of days for the season and purchase them well in advance. As we all know, as an industry, we've artificially inflated our window rates in order to get consumers to think that um, lower season pass rates are actually the smart way to go. And we've created subscription-based skiing. None of the resorts, I don't believe, have exit clauses for some of the things right now. Uh, certainly, Vail owning all their properties and, and other things, you know, there's, there's some tight control there. But with the Icon Pass, things can get a little tricky because, you know, there are member resorts and not wholly owned assets. So I'm not sure if some of those can jump ship. You just keyed it and you didn't even realize it. You just sell the products and you have a great out without knowing the future. You, here's the Epic Pass. Here's the Icon Pass. And if we can't operate, you get your money back. 
and you try to just sell, 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 you hope to God that the earth is back to some sense of normalcy by October, November, December. And if it's not, people get their money back if there's just no skiing to be had. But you basically make it black and white and you buy your Epic Passes this way at this price, XYZ, and there's just a huge asterisk that says, you know, pending operations of ski resorts. I mean, that sounds to me like what's going to happen. That's me. That's my guest today. I will change my guest next week. And that that's all we have right now. We're so early into this entire situation, right? So I, I, I don't see that asterisk coming quickly. What I could see changing as this starts to develop and we have a better picture on how long this takes to shake out and what kind of hellscape we're in for is that payment plans get adjusted. Um, and, you know, let's just get people to commit to the notion of skiing next year at a frequent pace. And then we'll start to worry about collecting the money from them later. Um, but yeah, that's, it's going to be really hard. I think the places that have done, that have modified their season pass suites so that they become a 365 day year product might be a little bit at an advantage just because if you say, look, you're going to buy next, buy next year's season pass and that's going to commit you to summer stuff either now or in the next summer. I think that also helps. Um, there's a lot that places can do to kind of sweeten the pot when it comes to uh, recurring past revenue and product suites. All right, this is too dry, too niche. We're cutting you off. We'll come back to you, Dave. Have some more beer. Um, Cindy. Yes. What are you and Doug arguing about in the last couple of days? Oh, my God. <laughs> the stupidest things you could ever imagine. Um, we've been through some rough times before work related. So I know we'll make it through, but literally just like, did you answer that email? Yes. I answered that email. Don't tell me what to do and then tell me how to do it. So, um, it's been a little stressful. We warned our staff today that we wouldn't get a divorce. Um, just bear with us fighting in public and we will most definitely probably fight in public, but there's no one here, so it won't really matter. And I mean, Breckenridge just Put us in the town. So restaurants are doing takeout. Um, what's kind of changed for town operations in the last two days? For now, um, so I just went to Peekaboo Toy Store and got my dogs um, some toys. I don't have two-legged kids. I have four-legged kids to support a local business. There was no one on Main Street. It was super, super crazy. Um, you know, Vail did announce that they would be shutting down Breckenridge Ski Area. So for us, that's for the rest of the season. For, the rest of the season. Um, <clears throat> for us, that's huge because we are a local shop. We cater to our local community more than probably some of the other shops on Main Street. Um, and now the ski patrollers aren't working. So they've missed two months worth of pay. All the restaurant staff, they rely on us as well. Um, so it's going to have this ripple effect in our community to where we're not going to get that local business, which is a huge part of our winter business as well and it'll have a ripple effect to affect us throughout the season you know it's going to feel weird no one being in town <laughs> and getting a foot of snow tomorrow i know wow. well in our entire like i hate to even say this because i do own a ski shop but everyone's like oh god please don't let it snow tomorrow <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of we're all you know february broke us because of all the snow we got and then now we're all stressed out and just thinking about it and not knowing what to do. Um, and a lot of our friends are like, oh, are you guys out skiing? We're like, no, we're trying to save our business and not commit suicide. 
So it's been quite stressful. Clinton, let's bring you back in here, Eastern Canada. What are people doing there that maybe can give us some ideas in the States to help each other? What, what have you seen in the last couple of days of kind of communities um, working together in, you know, creative ways? Any, any, any ideas from up there? Well, one of the great things is that what I've heard in the last 24 hours is from some of my ski friends uh, is that they're talking about continuing skiing, actually. They're talking about just let's go to the mountain and let's just hike up to the top and let's just do it the old-fashioned way. I mean, yeah, it can be a pain sometimes not having the lift. Uh, but I've also been talking to some of the ski resort owners here in the East Coast, and I've been encouraging them to take some of the excess food that they had ordered for the merch break and to arrange to have that brought to the local food banks. Yeah, we've seen a lot of resorts, you know, giving it away to employees on their way out of town and things like that. But you've got you got Wentworth and then are there any other ski areas? Marble? No, Marble's in, in Newfoundland. Yeah, so we have, uh, so there's Marble, which is in Newfoundland. So that's about 1,600 of vertical. Uh, we have Wentworth in Nova Scotia, which is around 800. Uh, here in the Halifax area, we also have a little mountain called uh, Martok, which is about 600 vertical feet. And then we have a nice little spot that's about a four-hour drive from here, and it is uh, 1,300 vertical feet. It's called Cape Smoky. Man, Dave, you were shaking your head there. Something went through your head. I was just saying, if, if you've got excess food for your employees, right, you know, get, get your house in order, you know, take care of your own, and then if you have excess, do that. But if there's going to be a lot of financial hardship to people that have given their lives to this industry. It's already hard enough as it is. You know, you're looking at thousands of, of people that live in very expensive towns uh, who are now out of work. And as resort operators, you should be doing everything within your power to make sure that these people remain fed and healthy. You know, it, it's going to be really hard to pay them. But there are certain things that you can do by keeping their insurance going and, and uh, keeping their bellies full. So take care of your people. Well, and just an update, Alex, you asked us the last time we spoke, um, Breckenridge did give some food to Farks and then one of our local church um, and was handing out stuff from 10 to 1230 today uh, to our locals. So that was really great to see them do that. I just want to add on a little side note, um, because what you said is, is great, and I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, for all of those little ski shops, those mom and pop ski shops that are all over the United States and Canada, um, you know, it's really important we don't forget about those people. And I mean, you guys are right. And, uh, you know, it's important for skiers and snowboarders all over North America, if they need to buy some wax, some boards, some equipment, whatever, you know, don't be afraid to go out and do that, because we got to find a way to keep all those little shops going because they're the, uh, you know, they're the, the seeds of this industry and we just can't allow that to disappear. And I'm going to mention something that hasn't been mentioned on any of these prior podcasts, the landlords. All right. I'm a landlord, but not in ski towns. And there are people that own a lot of property in ski towns for better or worse, a whole variety of it. And you know what they owe? They owe their mortgage payments and those mortgage payments are coming and those mortgage payments are usually paid from the rentals and the Airbnb and the what have you. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that if those are empty for long periods of time when they were normally very full, those landlords hopefully have the ability to pay those mortgages or something or else you're going to have a ton of bankruptcies. And I mean, maybe it'll do it'll do something. 
it might drop property values in ski towns if everybody is defaulting on their mortgages that they were used to be able to fund from their rentals and things like that. And no one's talked about that yet, but give this two or three months. And I mean, that's coming. Wow, Alex, what a shame it would be if all the long-term inventory in ski towns that was then converted into short-term inventory drove all the workers out of their own communities happened to go, you know, down in value. I would just cry so hard. I'm not saying that. it's good or bad. I'm just throwing it out there as a prediction. Doug, Cindy, what do you think? Well, well, well we're our own landlords, so if I stiff myself, that's not going to be a good thing. <laughs> We were fortunate yeah. to buy our building last February, um, but we are, as landlords, extremely concerned and hoping that there is some kind of relief. Um, we have talked to some other local businesses, and they're hoping that their landlords, you know, won't ask for their rent because, I mean, in Breckenridge, rent is outrageous. I'm sure it's everywhere in all the mountain towns, but that could most definitely break some of our small shops for sure. And us. <laughs> You know, one of the other issues that's affecting businesses like you guys and, and others as well is we've seen a, a breakdown of the supply chains. Now, that's a temporary thing at the moment, or at least we hope it is. But, you know, what does that mean if, let's say, the ski industry opens up and everything is is normal, you know, come next October? Um, what happens if all those little mom and pop shops don't have access to the equipment that they were expecting or even some of the bigger chains because those supply chains have been inter interrupted? And how long will it take? to ramp all that stuff back up so people can get access to equipment again. There's so many kind of long-term questions that people are just beginning to think about, I think. And now that we're all kind of settling into hell, we're just trying to like get as comfortable as we can in this new world that we're going to be living in. I think those sorts of questions are going to come to the forefront. And I think, you know, that's what, you know, probably this podcast will talk about for the next year. Um, I have so much awesome tape from Powderhorn in Grand Junction from two weeks ago when we went and stayed at a tiny house and had a fun weekend and my kids took lessons and all that, but I can't put it out now. It's just not relevant or interesting. Um, does anybody else have anything else to add before we all go to the fun part? You want to talk about the earthquake now or later? <laughs> Let's do the earthquake after the beep. After the beep earthquake, I got you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for participating in this quick pod six pack that is concluding with tonight's episode. And let's get to after the beep. And one last thing. Let's make sure that we keep the spirit of the mountain strong in all of us. Yeah. Good call. Yep. Yeah, we're, we've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. As you heard, I don't think I'm doing a quick pod seven tomorrow. I need a rest. And we all sort of grasp how screwed we are anyhow. In the meantime, I'd appreciate any five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Take your buddy's phone and subscribe him while you're at it. Follow the podcast at Wintry Mixcast on Instagram or Twitter. And next time you vote, consider that society is fragile and people with expertise who are also good at planning are not the enemy. And as always, stay tuned for After the Beep. Goodbye, guys. Stay safe.
Well, welcome, welcome to 2020, right? If this situation's evolving, uh, shit's hitting the fan. We're all trying to do the right thing and stay away from people. We're quarantining our own homes. We're starting to go stir crazy. Uh, if we had to take a shot for every Zoom meeting or teleconference we've done, we'd all be dead by now. Yesterday morning, I set my devices to do not disturb until 7.30 every day. My primary alarm goes off at 7 a.m. I like to wake up, not touch my phone, take the dog for a walk, make some coffee. Then I go and reach for my existential dread, which is my phone, right? Except yesterday I decided to treat myself and sleep in a little bit till 7.30. At 7.30, my phone starts vibrating itself off the table. What what's happening now? I think to myself, is is it a terrorist attack? Or like, is herpes airborne and contagious? What's new? What's new in the world? Right? Nope. It's Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, and everyone <laughs> in New England telling me that it is officially the end of the goddamn world. Right? Let's flash forward twenty four hours, seven ten in the morning in Salt Lake City. I decide to sleep in again till seven thirty. Nope, I am shaken out of bed with a 5.7 earthquake. My giant bed is clanging against the back of the wall like it's a Friday night in the Emerald House. Things are falling off the walls. It's, and all I'm thinking to myself is this is officially the end of the world, right? So I can't wait till tomorrow, which I just assume at this point is locusts. It's locusts. Or, yeah. Fucking fire season comes early. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know anymore. But, you know, I, I can't wait to see tomorrow's crisis du jour. All, all I know is I'm not editing another podcast tomorrow night, no matter who lands in my lap. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, there will be at least a week break before people hear these voices again. But I want to thank everybody for hopping on. Thanks, Hopefully this provided a little a little Thank chicken you. soup for the skier's soul over the last week or something. Yeah, it's called alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of it. Kicking all here to quit drinking. Now it's not a time to be a quitter. No, no, I know. <laughs> I'm not quitting. The I'm good news is, strong. the good news is, 420 is coming up soon. Yeah. Oh, good lord, it, it's coming. And when we're allowed to travel, I'm going to come up and see you, Doug and Cindy, and say hello. Okay. Yes, please, please do. We'll take you to the backcountry and go skiing. All right, cool. Thank you, everybody. See you. See you guys. Bye. Cheers.